This is the Post America Podcast. That's right, motherfucker. What the fuck you know about podcasting? This is our shit. Post America. Macho Black, Richie Crutch, Chrissy the Baboon. Post America Podcast, son. Download that shit, motherfucker. What's up, everybody? We're back. Another scene breakdown. The last one we had Seth Meyer, North New Jersey. He broke it down as best as he could. And you got to remember, every time we do one of these, we're at the mercy of our guest, what they remember, the relationships they had with people at the time. If they had any beefs, they're probably going to downplay those other people. But we try to keep them honest. Today, we're doing a scene I'm a little familiar with, kind of like the North New Jersey one. I dabbled in both. We're doing Northeastern Pennsylvania, and our guest is Nick Joka. What's up, Nick? What's up, Richie? Now, Nick, if you could give uh, us some info before we start, let's let's ask you first, what years, what, what was the first year you became involved with the hardcore scene in Northeast PA? Going to shows would be like late 94. Late 94. Okay. And what region would you would uh for the kids because you know a lot of people aren't familiar with the great state of pennsylvania what regions or cities or towns would encompass what they call northeast pennsylvania that's a very good question um my definition would go from like the jersey border like in the south uh was it the northeast of jersey and pa all the way up to like like the border of like binghamton or whatever that is up there in like up like north of Scranton. And then going west, I don't know, like maybe Hazleton, but then it goes all the way. Basically, I would say it goes all the way, it goes all the way like from Strasbourg all up the eastern uh, the state line of like Jersey and and PA and New York at the top corner there on the right. So the, the right top side. the top right hand corner, you think? And and would would Strasbourg be like the southernmost area considered northeast PA? Yeah, or like the Delaware Water Gap, that area. Because I know there's some like weird little pockets down there that had shows and bands. Well, yeah, there was bands all over. I mean, even, you know, Allentown and stuff. But that's just kind of outside of the region a little bit. They might need right. their own. their own. So within that top corner, what were the major towns and cities that you could recall? Uh, Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, Stroudsburg. I would say were the, the heavy hitters for having shows and bands coming through and having bands that were active. Um, but then there was all little pockets and that's, what's kind of crazy about Northeast PA. Like you would have like those, you know, quote, uh, cities, Grant Wilkes-Barre, Strasburg. Then you would have, and it, like you drive like 20, 30 minutes into the woods to a fire hall and there'd be like 200 kids that would just come out and maybe like a hundred of them would actually be hardcore kids. But those kind of shows are what like might've been like their first show for those other hundred kids. And then they would start coming out to like Scranton Wilkes-Barre to like CC's or Manus Green or, or like Spanky's. Um, but there's so many little pockets in Northeast PA. Yeah, that's true. I think uh, even throughout the whole state, they would be known for the, what we call fire hall show where a kid would take it a, upon himself to rent out a fire hall in a yeah. township in a certain County and you know pay a hundred bucks and then a lot of times the people who rented it to them really didn't know what they were in for because in, in these small towns if people don't know it they're volunteer fire departments mm-hmm. so they have to make money they're not getting paid they make money with events and stuff like that and they have a little a little hall that they could use to rent out and uh a lot of shows went like that you, you did you book shows back in the day you booked a few right yeah i did like four Maybe it was four or five, maybe even six shows at Newfoundland Fire Hall. I mean, technically, that wasn't even the name. It was actually the Green Drear Fire Hall. I'm not even sure if that was the name of it, but it was known as the Newfoundland Fire Hall. And uh, it was off of uh, Interstate 84, which goes from like, you know, from like Port Jervis, New York area, Connecticut. I don't know. I don't know where the other direction goes. Oh, towards Scranton, Wilkes-Barre. And then, uh, but you could take back roads from like Stroudsburg or from like the Delaware Water Gap, which is like, uh you can go to new york and jersey as well um, yeah it was it was an active area and uh that's the reason i picked you because 
when I was thinking of doing this spot, I could have gave it an attempt on doing it myself, but I wouldn't have done it justice because within that top corner of Pennsylvania, the Northeastern PA scene, there were like a lot of other scenes. Like it wasn't a completely united vibe. Mm -hmm. And I thought who kind of knew everybody and got along with everybody. And it was you oddly, because, you know, you don't have the best personality, but somehow you got along with every, no, I'm just teasing. (laughs) So yeah, I, I said, Nick would know. So, you gave us like the city, the breakdown, the region, and uh, you you briefly went through some of the venues. Give us some like the stronger venues that were really important or that you could recall uh, for '90s hardcore in that area. Uh, I would, I mean, how far back to, to like what part of '90s? Like mid '90s, early '90s, baby, any '90s. I would say the factory in Wilkesbury was. Uh, was a big one and then after that was like manis green this is so th- these ones are going to be wilkesbury first mm-hmm. be like the factory manis green and then uh uh cafe metropolis and then uh home base i think there's a spot called the zoo after that and then uh and then where also was home the, base again where was that, that was wilkesbury yeah that was wilkesbury like i remember that name it was like this fat this like old warehouse like half of it was condemned and, and mm. then these kids like they just rented this space and they have like the, the stage was actually like a, a wrestling ring. <laughs> and then they like the kids, like some of the kids that were involved with the venue also did like this, like DIY wrestling shit. Damn. That's uh, right. I remember that now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, and that, that's like something, I don't know if we'd ever touch, like cross over on, but there's so many little things that helped the Northeast PA scene green or excuse me, grow. Uh, and in, in different directions because of little things like the wrestling or graffiti or rave or skating and BMX. But anyways, um, so there was, there was those Wilkesbury ones. And there's also, uh, be just before that, there was like, there were a couple of like fire hall show, like venues, like, uh, I think it was like Edwardsville, uh, hose company. Uh, there's another one. I forget what it was Columbia. And then there was a couple like, roller skating rinks that had shows up there as well like this was like pre i want to say like 94 like early 90s maybe even like late 80s and that was and all wilkesbury huh yeah well when i say wow. wilkesbury i'm i'm saying like like basically wilkesbury so, and the towns that surround it like yeah so like scranton wilkesbury it's all considered like the valley and uh but like but like you were just saying earlier like there was like scranton wilkesbury some scenes were some scenes within those two cities were connected and then some weren't. Uh, so when I when I'm talking about Wilkesbury, I'm talking about basically up to like a little town called Pittston, and I feel like that was the cutoff from like, or not even Pittston, maybe like Music, which was a little closer to, to Scranton, uh, was the cutoff to like the Wilkesbury scene and then like the Scranton scene. Uh, there was another fire hall in Kingston, which is just out over the river of Wilkesbury, which had a lot of shows, and we put on the uh, this fest called Wilkesbury Fest. And that was put on by like the, uh, like the Wilkesbury emo kids or like PC kids back then. I mean, some of them would come out to shows, like hardcore shows, but like a lot of them uh, weren't into, and I quote, CC's kids. You know, I, I, my, I'm going to be all over the place with like history and like uh, time, time and shit. Cause, uh, there's so much. There's I'll do my so best to keep shit. you focused. But yeah, yeah there's a lot. There's a lot. That's why that's why we got you and your expertise. You are basically a historian of that scene. And you named a lot of places I recognized. A couple I don't even maybe I heard of. I, I don't even recall some of the places you named. And uh Mantis Green, I do remember that. I remember a standout show I saw there was uh VOD Shelter, I think. Oh and yeah, it yeah, that's H2O's first uh I think first big tour was that show as well h2o shelter vod yeah mantis green i remember that i yep. also remember like uh, there was also there was sort of a, a division between the the ever popular cc's and mantis <laughs> green and there was bands that were trying would try to pull people from cc's and exclusively play mantis green and stuff like that so yeah mm-hmm. there, there was a lot of tension but um Crossover now to, to to the Scranton area and the clubs there that that did well. Okay, so uh, so going so now we're going to go 
I guess it's east or like on north of Wilkesbury. You go to like you start going. What was that like eighty one? Whatever that is, the highway. You would hit CCs. That was like in my in my opinion, that was the CBGBs of like Northeast PA, even like Pennsylvania. Besides like some stuff that was popping off in Philly, but like CCs ran for so long. It, it started off as a jazz club, like you know, way back when. And then, uh, yeah, I really, I never knew that. Really, yeah, yeah. And then uh, he started to do some like hair metal bands, and uh, I think I think Dan Engelson, uh, I think he booked one of the earlier hardcore shows there, and it's like, and I know you booked some earlier hardcore shows there, and it went uh, and just that turned into the spot. I mean, if there was any tour going through the states, there they'd always hit CCs. Oh, like always, even it, it was always hitting there. It was that's sh- and, that and it was weird because it wasn't in Wilkes Bear and it wasn't in Scranton, and it it was if anything like not it was not even a C or a D market, you know, like uh, yeah. But they would get big acts, and uh, Vince would draw them in. He'd pay them what they wanted to get paid. Yeah, it was a lot of good shows there. Yeah. But I guess yeah, you could call that more toward that was definitely closer to Scranton than uh, than Wilkes Bear. Not by much. For anybody who doesn't know, I mean, these places are a 20 minute, 30 minute drive from each other, Wilkes Bear, Scranton. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's almost like, so there was, there was the Scranton scene and there was a Wilkes Bear scene. And then there was, it turned into like a CC scene, which involved like bo- po- people from both areas. And, and then it involved like the Nanticoke Straight Edge kids or, or guys came out to there. Like the Strasburg dudes, like you, Jotham, and all, all those guys came out from Strasbourg. And then it was like, it was kind of like in the middle of, it wasn't in the middle of nowhere, but it's in between two cities, but it was also close to a turnpike, close to the high, like close to highways. And yeah. It was like, easy to get to. That's true. Yeah. And you would, you would get kids coming down from Syracuse coming in from, from New York or Philly. Like, like it was nothing back then. We always used to travel. So like that was the spot that people would travel to because Vince would get banging shows. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely worth it. Kids would take the bus up from Philly. That's a long drive. I guess when you mentioned the Stroudsburg scene where me and and, and Mad Joe and Evan are from, and mm-hmm. th- we would be the furthest out of the loop because uh, it would be like an hour for us to get up to those places. And, uh, you know, we weren't really in the mix that well, but that would definitely be a spot that we would consistently go to would be CC's. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. that was a good spot. What else was popping off in uh, Scranton that I'm the that you might remember? Uh, let's see, there was a spot called Proof Rocks back in the day, like like mid early '90s. Uh, I never heard of that. Yeah, AFA Art Gallery. There was a bigger venue. The cap was maybe a thousand. It was called Tinks. I don't. Maybe it wasn't even that much, but that would get bigger tours. Like I remember. Uh, Misfits were playing there with Maximum Penalty. And this was 97. And the same night at CC's, actually, which was maybe 15 minutes from there, uh, Blood for Blood was playing. That was the night that uh, Rabies passed. Oh, and we were, yeah, we were bouncing back and forth between both shows. We would go, like, we would drive back and forth because we just did that back then. I do remember Tinks. I, didn't Hatebreed have a show there where the kid jumped off the balcony and broke his neck or something? Oh, shit. I didn't know about that. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? No, no. Uh, we also had the staircase, which was like mid '90s. They had like Sigvold all came through there. Mm. Um, shit, I can't remember who else, but they had some bigger, you know, har- New York hardcore bands and bands come through there. And then uh, I think one that of the, last- the ve- that might be the venue with Hatebreed playing the staircase. Yeah. Tinks was like in the city of Scranton, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that wasn't the one then. I remember Tinks. Yeah, we played there a couple times. Yeah, that's right. You had like a bar that always fights at Tinks. Yeah, the, yeah, the bouncers were real fucking. And yeah, bags. and it would get like a, a a normie kind of element that would come in just to see a show and mm-hmm. act out of line, you know. But yeah, all right, I remember some of those places. <laughs> that's crazy. And uh, so you got a big piece of area. Then when you go all the way south, I mean, there's to Stroudsburg, uh, you know, you got basically spankies and a couple mm-hmm. other ones here and there but in between there in the in the in, it actually in the woods could be any random show any fire hall anywhere and that was a kind of a special thing what were like the standout bands you you recall from back then uh obviously uh crutch 
was like i would say one of the bigger bands back then uh how uh, early could you go though the earliest like standout that the, the earliest band you remember local that was drawing people bringing people in uh option i would mm. say crutch and option uh burial ground Catfish oh, Bullhead. wow burial ground yeah mm. uh Catfish bullhead and, and also so these bands depend on where you were so like crutch i don't think i ever saw them in wilkesbury but like or saw you it's how you play in wilkesbury but if they played 20 minutes down the road at spanky or excuse me at cc's it would be packed or like yeah. if you play if you saw like option or burial ground in wilkesbury it would be packed but if they played if they played like Strasbourg or remember, like if they play, I guess the kids would come out for them in CCs, but it wouldn't be as much as like, or as many people in Wilkesbury. You know, mm, it, yeah, yeah. It was, it was like you're saying, like some kids chose to like. There was at one time I remember kids saying and like writing on flyers like boycott CCs, come to this show instead, just because of like, you know, fights and shit. But some of those, some of those fights were like fighting off Nazis, you know, that would come out or, or just fighting off just jabronis or dickheads that were coming to the shows just to start fights. Like yeah. we were protecting, we were looking out for our own. We were policing our own scene, you know, and these kids didn't understand it. They just wanted to, they just wanted to be, uh, you know, fighting for Tibet or whatever it was. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a good cause, but like, I mean, you're in a scene where there's, there's you kind of have to look out for each other and our thing, or it's just going to be infiltrated by scum. Yeah. What other bands? Don't get off the topic, baby. Yeah, I know. Any I know. Bands? I'm telling you. Uh, so Cold World came out of Wilkes-Barre. You know, uh, we got Strength when of When did they come around Cold World? Were they in the 90s or more 2000s? They were more 2000s. Dan had a band before that called Magnus. Yeah, the singer of Cold World, Dan. He had a lot of bands in the 90s. Magnus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he also, uh, I, I feel like he kind of started off the whole positive numbers or posi numbers fest. Uh, with Bob Mack, who had uh, a record label back then called Walk On Night, and they put out a couple records. Mm, Posse Numbers Fest. That's right. That was one of the earlier kind of uh, bigger attempts at getting like a full day of hardcore bands in, in one place. Got to give PA props, man. Yeah, and be before that even was the Wooks, with like I, said, I mentioned earlier, was the Wilkesbury Fest, and that brought out bigger bands and there's people that still talk about that to this day like kids would travel from all over the world for that fest but it wasn't like it wasn't like all hardcore there'd be some like emo bands you know or like melodic bands and or like crossover like emo melodic bands uh but i think posi numbers fest was definitely the first like real hardcore fest yeah yeah that went on a few how long did that that that, that did they have a run with that maybe Four years, maybe three years. Okay, Posse Numbers Fest. That's right. Shit. And did Dan uh, from Cold World besides Magnus? Didn't he have some other bands or no? He did, but I don't remember off the top of my head. What was the band Side Over? I'm thinking of. Ah, uh, yeah, Side Over. Was that uh, one of his bands or no? I don't. I don't remember him being in that band. That was from Scranton. Okay. Okay. Dude, so I many bands. When you said Burial Ground, I completely forgot about Burial Ground, and I remembered they had the song. Prozac. It was a hard song. <laughs> yeah. Good riff, opening riff in that song. Yeah, man. If if you're at home, you're bored, you're listening to this, you're getting schooled, Google some of these bands and check out uh if you don't know them. Because it, this is the thing with doing this. If people weren't from Northeast PA or just really into hardcore, they won't know what the fuck you're talking about. But the 90s gets no respect as far as I'm concerned, and they should get a lot of respect for hardcore. Any bands that blew up and did extra shit. They don't sound like the 80s bands. They're influenced from 90s hardcore bands. And uh, the, the, you know, the props are due. So we're bringing them up now. So we talked about some bands. Any more off the top of your head or now? Nah? I mean, you want, you want bigger bands or just like, band, any, like any bands? Any bands from back then that were, that were doing it. That, you know, they were, they were bringing people in. Like you talked about strength. Strength for a reason. When did they start? 96 or 97 okay so late 90s those motherfuckers though are still playing they're still yeah. playing they're still killing it very important band and where strength for a reason is from you briefly mentioned nanacoke pa which would probably be like as far out kind because of, wilkes Bear, scranton and all the towns in between we're almost like one city like to an outsider it would appear to be one place you know mm -hmm. 
And Nanticoke would probably be the furthest west, right, of all, of all that thing. So closer to Wilkes-Barre in the mix. But they had they were known for their straight-edge scene. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, what did any other bands besides Strength for a Reason come out of uh, Nanticoke or no? There was one, uh, and they were like, I think, early 2000s, but I don't remember the name of it, unfortunately. There's a young, younger kids, I think, like kids, like skate kids, but I don't remember. And you know what um, Nanticoke should get credit for? Like, there wasn't a lot of, in our area, like straight edge crews, right? And then all of a sudden you see a group of kids wearing the same jacket with the same name of the town, straight edge, Nanticoke straight edge written on the back. That was like a rare thing back then, you know? Yeah. You see it later on, but that was one of the earliest versions of like a, like a straight edge group crew roaming around that had a, a reputation you got to give them props yeah yeah i mean i've nanicoke straight edge did a lot for pa it, like a lot of the a lot of the emo wilkesbury kids would hate on them but like jack and chris had a radio show that went for like four years That's and they did right. it, yeah they did it every week uh chris was setting up shows in nanicoke at a hall in a park uh in nanicoke straight edge just, just themselves were traveling all over for shows, you know. Like I think I saw Blood for Blood in that park. What's West Side Park, right? Yeah, yeah. Blood for Blood played there. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Wow, some good stuff, mm-hmm. man. So many, so many freaking places to play back then. Like, yeah, it, it's crazy. I guess you don't need that now. You know, it's a little more organized now. But back then, you just didn't know if there was going to be another show. So people just dug their heels in and kept on booking and finding places, finding new places. Cause you, you felt like the plug could get pulled at any time back then, you know? Yeah. Mm. Now what were, uh, you're like a zine guy. Were any bigger zines or <laughs> zines out, out of the, out of the area back then that, that you could recall? Excuse me. Um, there was a refuge fanzine, which was, uh, done by Ed Gita. I think he goes by Edward Gita now, but, uh, he, that zine was, I would say, one of the bigger ones out of the area, but it was more focused on like the PC emo kid scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went over to hardcore a little bit, but there was, I don't remember there being any focus on like New York hardcore or, I hate, you know, our hardcore. Um, Rebel Angel fanzine. Which oh, was, shit. Yeah, I remember that. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. She did like, four, I think, three or four issues. Yeah. Um, there was uh, Hell Sent, which was Ian Hardedge. Uh, Upheaval. Holy shit. Yo, right? Remember Nelson. that one? How many issues did he put out? I don't know. At least probably three. I don't remember exactly. Nice. Good work, Ian. You did good. <laughs> um, nothing Left Fanzine, which was, uh, it was, it was again, like a emo, you know, post-hardcore type zine. Mm. Uh, one of the issues came out with a really good uh, mix CD. Um, let's see what else. There's What Me Worry. Oh, I'm not um, familiar with that one. Yeah, that was uh, that was done by the kid named Jimmy Turry. You probably seen him. He was where is where is he from? Jimmy he was, T. <laughs> he uh, he was he was like a straight. He's still straight edge. But he lives in Columbus now. He he would he was a kid like probably a little taller than me, long ass dreads, uh, straight edge kid, real nice. Uh, straight edge uh, kid with dreads. I know. Huh? What's this world coming to? Things were different back then. Hippie bastards. <laughs> Pick one or the other. Cut your hair. Um, but dude, man, there was so much little little things they don't think about. Like we also had, <clears throat> excuse me, the Andrew Thomas Company, which was a uh, like a merch company that came out of like Pittston, Scranton area, and they made all these straight edge and ve- vegan vegetarian shirts back in the nineties. Mm, uh, yeah, like if you saw like. Uh, like the shirt has said, it's okay not to drink or mm. straight edge means I have no friends. Or, or the, if you just if you Google it and maybe the, some images will come up, but you'll, once you see like some of these shirts, you're like, oh shit, I didn't know they were from our area. Like he had a whole like catalog you could order from, like, you know, mail order back in the day. It was called the Andrew Thomas. Printing? Andrew Thomas company. Yeah. Company. Oh, yeah. nice. He had these little like, uh, not, they're kind of like messenger bags, but they said like X drug free X. Um, I think he made he made some ones that like they look like they're like straight like uh 
Star Wars, mm. straight edge shirts and you know, shit like that. And all that stuff that was kind of big in the early mid nineties. Um, but like he went on to like do graphic design. He designed, I think the first dashboard confessional artwork for their, his first record. Oh shit. Um, and there's other things like this very distro that started, you know, in Wilkesbury, like it is in the Northeast PA scene, which, uh, turned into a huge distro company. I didn't know they started out. in, in, uh, Northeast PA. I always uh, assumed they were out of Bethlehem. No, he was from, he was from, I think he was from, I think John was from Pittston or something. He was from Northeast PA. I know that. Nice. Like, that's dope. Yeah. Yeah. And there was like, there was an old, old band back in like the, I want to say late eighties. I heard like called uh, Wilson's wackos. And that dude ended up playing in like Murphy's law. Huh. Uh, there was a band called extend from Scranton. They were a straight edge band. And, uh, that kid Connor ended up playing in shelter. Um, there's a lot of those little things like that. Like, like the bands or zines or some of the kids went on to like do big things like Laura rebel angel. She has a pretty successful rockabilly band now and tours the world. Get out of here. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. What, what are they called? I think they're called the rebel angels. Actually. No way. That's dope. Yeah. Wow, man. Very cool. See, that's why we came to you. Cause you know, the stuff. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, and then there's like the late nineties, early two thousands bands, like, like frostbite or, or uh, I guess cold world would be considered that. But then like some of those kids brought younger brothers and sisters started bands like, like title fight, you know, and the title fight started a whole new, almost like genre or subgenre of hardcore. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's, there's so many cool things. That have come yeah. out, out of no, it's a very PA. important, yeah, very important area for hardcore music in general. But uh, it just, man, it, it needs to be documented. You know, that's why I'm trying to get this down. I'm not, I, my memory shot, but uh, you seem to know what's up. Yo, what are what's some standout demos or releases from any of these bands in that area that you could recall? Oh shit, um, I, I mean, I, I always love the option demos. Uh, the Crutch demos, Burial Ground, like they had that two song. They had a two song demo. I think it was. I think it had Prozac and Rebirth on it, and it was oh, only two yeah. songs. That was a good one. Yeah, you just keep on flipping it back and forth, but it was like holy fuck. Um, yeah. Catfish Bullhead, that was a really nicely done demo. And I remember you mentioning in, in our podcast early on, like like laughing how you would get a tape that would have like the words printed on the tape, and you were like, oh shit, this is pro. Like that's how the Catfish. Had uh, catfish board yeah. demo was you know like, every once in a while you'd find a, a band that went like and had their demos pressed like you uh -huh. know and yeah that was the catfish boy what a crazy fucking name that's so weird I yeah don't that understand. was what is that I think I think a bullhead is, is just another name for a catfish I don't know I never looked into it huh interesting they uh some of the dudes play, that were in that band also played in uh new trip uh first things first. And uh, before first things first was uh, like inner strength, and that was like that was like '86. So there was shit happening in the area, like bands starting off in the area, like back in early '90s. I mean, excuse me, early '80s. Oh yeah, mid definitely mid '80s. Um, God, man, there's so many fucking bands like Firefly, Sunburns Cold, One Shot Deal. Oh, One Shot Deal, I remember that name. Yeah, Fat Chance. I remember that uh, name too. Shit, damn son, memory lane. Uh, uh, Plank. Yep, yep. Uh, Chamber. Who cares? Government cheese. RSB. Oh, Rabbit Shack Badgers. Right, man. They played so many like shows in the early uh, mid nineties. Damn, I couldn't check. We could remember everything, but you, you're doing pretty good. Fuck, dude, I totally. And you just reminded me. Uh, so John from RSB, he got some great shows that came through. Uh. That was at like 94, 95 at that spot called Q's and Quarters in like in a basement of a James oh, White. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he, like, he got excessive force from California, that strange band to come out. And by the uh, way, a James Way is kind of like a, a an early Walmart, right? Yeah, like a Kmart or a Walmart, right? Right. Yeah, because that's probably a regional thing. They probably don't got those in other places. But yeah, I never thought about Yeah, it was that. in a basement of like the shopping complex that had pool tables, though, right? Yeah, it was like a billiard spot. Yeah, I saw some dope shows there. I think I saw, remember, No Innocent Victim I saw there. Um, Damn, I don't remember that one. 
I know I saw Fury of Five, dope show with Fury of Five there. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good spot. Yo, I, I remember one show. Just think about this lineup. It was like 25 to Life, Fury, Crutch, No Retreat, Shutdown, Indecision, and, and Rapid RSB, Rapid Chef Dodgers. And that was just one show. Think how insane that was. And yeah. this, and like, that's, and this is like, you know, two hours from New York, two hours from Philly. Mm-hmm. And there's insane, insane. Yeah. You know, and and every New York band would come through there and play there and get shown love. I, I just heard of uh, an interview with Tim from VOD, and he was mentioning the incredible shows at CC's, like the earliest shows, you know, outside of his area he remembered have, of having, like, people know this shit, you know? Oh, my God. A, a, a VOD show or a, a, a Earth Crisis show at CC's would be insane and vince never shut the door on anyone like he, he just he would just let as many people pay to get in as possible yeah they didn't play by the rules there they did whatever they wanted <laughs> no it was, yeah it was a little i mean you would see little ray ray in the, over in the you know behind that fence <laughs> yeah at, at, with mama cc at the bar you know and he's what 10 12 i know he did yeah it was a wild man <laughs> but uh man those are some fucking good times yo uh tell me about what you could remember of the area style, clothing style, mm-hmm. was was there one? Because, you know, some places people kind of don't give a fuck. But you, you go to certain areas and you see like little trends and stuff that are unique to the area or hardcore of the time. You know, what did you remember or see? No, there definitely was. Uh, I would say the Scranton Wilkesbury kids would be like the baggy jeans, the messenger, well, not messenger bag, but like a backpack with patches on it. Uh, they'd have like the sweater vest and the t- like the, the vintage t-shirt. Um, and wow, then actually- the sweater vest. I remember that. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then, uh, and then there was like, again, the CC's kids and the CC's kids weren't just like, they're from all over. Like, like I said, like Stroudsburg, Nanticoke, Scranton, Wilkesbury, and they, you know, the woods, wherever we'd all just, you know, be called CC's kids. Cause we all hung out of CC's. And, uh, but those would be like, you know, band t-shirts, uh, baggy jeans, uh, maybe like towards the, the late nineties, you'd have like the puffy jackets or the puffy vest. Um, one of our friends would wear like those UFO fucking raver pants all the time. Uh, oh, what about the Jankos and shit? They wore them, right? People were, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some kids that were wearing the Jankos. Yo, I want to go on record. I never rocked no Jankos. Get out of here. <laughs> Used to wear them shit, yo. Yeah, my, my parents couldn't afford those. Did you wear them or no? I was kidding. No, I couldn't. Oh, okay, we okay. couldn't afford those shit. I always remember you with them tight ass necklaces around your neck. Oh, my Krishna beads, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was like, damn, well, fuck, you're gonna do, pass out soon. You gotta get some <laughs> oxygen. <laughs> yeah, so the, the Scranton Wilkesbury kids would wear all those. Uh, yo, a lot of kids back then wore those, like, those fucking head, headband things and pull, like, their hair back. Oh yeah, they kind of kind of like not long hair, but uh, longer than it should have been, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. And it yeah. kind of like yeah, a hair piece that kind of like made it slick back halfway or something, right? You know, and I always thought that was like a like a regional thing, uh, or like a like a emo thing. But then I had a friend, maybe like ten years ago, give me this this uh, a sick of it all headband that they'd handed out to their crew on a Euro tour. Mm. And I was like, whoa, what the hell? I, I guess this isn't just like, a, I guess it wasn't like just an emo thing. Uh, yeah, maybe it was I just saw, the times. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember any New York hardcore dude wearing one of those, though. I don't know. Yeah. You, if you speak about that, what bands, like outside of the area bands, were important, you think, to the uh, development of Northeast PA? Influential, came around a lot, you know, uh, that you think bands might have kind of emulated a little bit or been um you know what's that word influenced by mm. oh bands that were the bands that came from other areas to our area yeah or even if like a certain demo or seven inch of release was heavily you know rotated in our area was there anything you could recall that you know you kind of saw like oh that you know this particular thing is really influenced a lot of people bands are starting to sound like this or that or, or whatever an influential outside source is what i'm looking for um that's a good question because I'm, I'm trying to i guess like 
in regards to like the, the Scranton Wilkes-Barre scene, I would say like Falling Forward or like Endpoint, uh, like some like early nineties, like emo, like I, it's, so I call, I sometimes call it hardcore, but other people call it like post-hardcore. Or, um, so I would, uh, VO, then, the, then we can go into like VOD, uh, Candiria, Converge. It was all over because there's so many, like like we were talking about, there's so many little like sub scenes in the Northeast PA. So like. Yeah. One, you know what? The bands in Northeast PA definitely all sounded different from each other. It was, it was, uh, which is a good thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, um, but I mean, you can have like Mad Ball, Earth Crisis. I'm just trying to think of the bands that, are, the bands that came through a lot and would, those are the bands that everyone was like listening to. Yeah. Yeah, there were some wild shows, but uh, yeah, that's a question I always wonder. Like, uh, because you know, nothing there's could only be one place where something starts off raw and you know completely pure. You know, from there, it's, it people get influenced. So I was wondering just if if you could recall anything like that. There might not be a real answer, you know, but uh, I'm sure in some scene a certain band came through and then that was a rap and everybody wanted to sound like that band and. So I just I throw that question in there just to be safe because I I can't recall everything, you know. What were uh, give me some personalities of the time that were like in the booking scene responsible for for you know keeping it alive. A lot of shows, uh, just working hard, you know, those type of people. Every every scene has has some some workers, you know. Who who was the who were the workers in that area? Um, in in Nanticoke, it would be. Uh, Chris Nakes, or excuse me, Chris Nace and the Nanakoke Straight Edge guys. Then you'd have the, the Wilkesbury. Uh, and what were they doing? They were like booking shows and stuff, right? And the yeah, radio, the radio show. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I feel like one of those guys might have had a zine. Um, but I, I, my my memory escapes me. Um, and then there's the Wilkesbury kids that were doing uh, the fire hall, the, the the fire hall show, and. I guess before those the Kingston Fire Hall, they had Manus Green. Like who were they? Who were these kids though? Um there's uh what's his name? Who uh, the fuck were these motherfuckers? Uh, Ed Refuge from Refuge Fanzine. Uh, what was it? Mayfly. I think they went by Mayfly Productions, I think mm. that's what it was. Um there's this dude named I think James. He did he did the shows for uh Manus Green. And uh, there was the shows at Metropolis that were done by this kid. I think Matt. Oh, wow. was. We didn't talk about Metropolis till now. I mentioned it, but we didn't really talk about it. Wow. Yeah, that was that was a lot of shows were there. Yeah, Maybe well, later, podcast, though, right? Maybe more in the 2000s. I mean, they, they were having shows. So, so uh, Metropolis had two different locations. There was one that was in this abandoned hotel, like the, basement, like the first floor of this abandoned hotel called the Sterling. And it was like right by the river in Wilkesbury. And I guess it was after a while, they condemned the hotel. So the spot moved. I think that's why it moved, but it moves actually down the street from where, where uh, Manus Green used to be right next to the skate shop. It was actually, if I remember correctly, there was a skate shop on one side of the venue and a, a this like strip club on the other side. Oh, like was it in a parking lot out, right? <laughs> a big parking yeah, lot. The, yeah. The real, that's the one yeah. I remember. I didn't remember the first one you talked about. I remember that one though. Yeah, because the first one wasn't really having many hard, like actual, like quote air or hardcore shows, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yes, but th that that venue brought a lot in, like brought a lot of different kinds of bands in. I put it that way. Like they'd have like uh, fucking like Scare Tactic from California and Terror come through, and then the next night they'd have like Bedford, which was like. Where they were like the local heroes of the Wilkesbury scene, like a pop punk band, which was also the the drummer of that band was again Ed Geeter, Ed Refuge. Um, he I feel like he did a lot. He wrote a zine. He he did he had like a distro. Uh, he did a lot for the uh like that that scene in Wilkesbury. Mm. I believe um, my band was banned from that place, but maybe I'm wrong. Oh, I I believe it. Yeah, I, I, I think familiar. so too. Yeah, yeah. I, I can I can I can see that. A band band. Yeah. <laughs> Spelled differently. But uh 
Yeah, what about that other place in Kingston? What was that place called again? It was like a store in the front and in the back had like a the venue part. Oh shit. Was that uh backstage? Backstage. Was that in the two thousands though more or yeah, that was I want to say that's like early like maybe even like mid two thousands. Okay, yeah, that was a dope place too. But yeah, we're trying that, to we're trying yeah. to stay on point. But uh yeah, Metro Metro, Club Metro or Metropolis. I remember that second one. I used to always be up there. Yeah, it's so many. I just remember parking like real far away from every show because, you know, shit was about to pop off. You know, you don't want your car anywhere near there. But it could escape in different directions and just get the hell out of there. But uh, it was uh, what do you remember about back then as far as it was a it was a kind of a violent time. Uh, Mm -hmm. What do you recall? Were there beefs that were like constant or were they all outside sources? Like, what? why was it so violent back back then, in your opinion? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously there was, you know, always beef with Nazis or boneheads coming through. Um, but that wasn't too crazy. They don't, they only come out to the CC shows, for, you know, select shows, you know, biohazard, sick of it all, or AF, uh, they came out for that business show. They came out there. So I don't know. I don't know if you were at that business show, but, Vince, the owner of CC's, booked the business, and then he had an after-hours hip-hop show. Oh yeah, the same so. night. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, of course, things happened and things were said, and I think some uh, some people might have gotten stabbed after in between shows. It was uh, poor planning, piss poor planning on Vince's part, in my opinion. But Vince trying um, to make that extra dollar, though, son. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He, whatever way he could make, he can make money. I mean, shit. So that, that venue ended up burning down somehow. And then he, he, uh, he owns a convenient mart or like a, you know, kind of like a Seven Eleven or Wawa down the street from there. And if I went in there like 10, maybe 15, shit, might've been 20 years now. I went in there and he had band shirts. He was selling from like, they were given to him back in the day. <laughs> he was selling them. They were like on the wall, like for you know, for twenty bucks. I'm no like, way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm uh. like this dude. Um, I know there was uh, I remember there was a sh- there was a little 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 fucking fight at a like a uh, I guess it was a hardcore show. It was like bleed, abnegation, grade in the basement of King's College, and some of these kids. I think it was. I think it was these kids from like Jim Thorpe, actually. Um, they had beef with someone, and I remember they had taken this one can, this can of soup because they were like having like a, a soup drive, and they uh, they cracked this kid's fucking face open with it. That was also my mom's fortieth birthday, and I skipped the birthday party for that show. Damn. Um. Yeah. What a mean mean son you are. I know. I know. But uh, would Jim Thorpe be considered Northeast PA or not? Yo, and I was thinking about that the other day when you asked me to do this, and I was like trying to like figure out the you know the perimeters of fucking Northeast PA, and I, and I was like, I don't know, because that's where uh, Tim or uh, Turmoil. Yeah, Turmoil was from Jim Thorpe. They always yeah. claimed Philadelphia. Though. Come on, boys, be proud. Jim Thorpe's a great place. Yeah, and they always use that Philadelphia cream cheese logo. Philadelphia cream cheese isn't even from Philadelphia; it's from New York. Exactly. Anyways, um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if that would be, and that's the same with like, Hazleton. yeah, I'm not too sure, man. Yeah, I, I think Hazleton might. Be, I don't, honestly, I don't even know where the fuck Hazleton is. I just see signs for it all the time, but uh, I can't like in my head on the map know where it is. Yeah, yo, this this Northeast PA. There's so much shit that happened, and so many little things like venues or like things that happen. It's like this podcast could be like five hours long. I'm just, it I could just be. Remember, yeah. It totally you know, could I, be. What'd you remember? I, I just remember this Dan Ingolson. Cause you asked me people that, you know, did things for a scene. So this, we, we'll go back to that. So there was Vince that did CC's. He owned CC's and he would book shows, but then there was you that would book shows at CC's. Or there's Dan Ingolson that would book shows at CC's. There was uh, Steve Goldman or Steve option. He's saying for option um, or positive energy before that. But, uh, he uh he booked shows there early on too um and then there was and then there was a whole then there was the scranton scene there's kids booking shows and i'm not sure who was booking the shows at proof rocks or afa gallery but then there was if you kept on going 
I guess it would be East. You got you had Carbondale, and there was this girl. She went by Shortcake. She was booking these fire hall shows, and it's like again in the middle of nowhere. But you'd have like these bands coming on, huge shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was there was a uh, Holly in Hollinsdale, Pennsylvania. Uh, Tim Reiner. That was really in the middle of nowhere. Those, those spots. But yeah, I mean, I went to some shows out there and was like, damn. Yeah, because like kids would come out from the fucking sticks, literally, you know, like so t- tall Tim or Tim Ryan, he would he had like four different bands. Like he he's always always working on bands, doing bands, playing music. Um, but he I think he did some shows out there. He had a he had a record label named Carney Records. He might have had another record label before that. Uh, there was a Holly there. So like there's the home sale and then there's Holly, which is 20 minutes away again, who had, they had fire hall shows um, and VFW shows. And these were done by kids. Kids were like, I mean, even when I was doing the shows, I was in high school. I would, I would go to the art room and just print off all my flyers and shit in the art room and go to shows that, you know, that weekend and, and pass them out. And we That's were just wild. kids. Like my mom yeah. had to book the fire halls for me. I remember uh, at one of the fire hall shows, these kids were like outside. I was like, you guys need a ride. They're like, no, nah, waiting for my mom. And then this lady pulls up in a horse and buggy, picks up the fucking kids. <laughs> nah, I was kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, <man. laughs> That's the wrong Yo. part of PA. That's at Lancaster PA with Amish. That's far away. So yeah. I got- nobody ever knows that though. But uh, now it is. Yeah, it's definitely what it was so active, so busy. There's so many faces, names, bands, zines. How about labels? Were there any, Northeast PA labels, record labels. There was, there was, uh, Ascension records. I don't know how many they put out. They put like two or three things out, like extend option, maybe, maybe Solus or maybe chapters, chapters lost. I don't know. Um, real, real small run. Um, um, uh, Edison, which put out a few records. They were a Wilkesbury label. There was walk all night, which was, uh, was, which was by Bob Mack, who did Positive Numbers. And I forget. He, I know he did some bands like outside of PA as well. Uh, Bob Mack, I, that name comes up a lot. Bob Mack. Yeah. He, uh, he did Positive Numbers Fest. And I don't remember if he had a band, but he, uh, he, he was, I think he was pretty uh, important with keeping the scene. Very active, at least. Yeah, yeah. How about 570 Records? Do you remember that? I don't. When was didn't, that? Didn't they put out some kind of compilation? Oh, no. You're thinking 717. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My bad. 717 Records. Yeah. Yeah. That, so, yeah. I don't even think. I think that was with, with like kids from like Jim Thorpe or something. Like, so maybe that is part of the Northeast PA. But I think that was. Where were they from? I think Jim Thorpe. And they had a little crew called the gtc or get oh, tough crew. Sh- oh shit damn yes yo so what i don't know how much i should be fucking saying on this podcast uh but oh, i think those are i think some of those kids were the ones that like did that that soup can shit also uh, they were like they were like troublemaker kind of scene yeah but they were like kind of like corny you know like there was like there was real dudes that we know they know and then there was like the the gtc who are kind of like they went to a lot of burial ground shows and would like kind of like be just like, you know, kind of dicks, but like just like just just to fucking rile people up. They weren't like tough guys. And then I guess sometimes they, they would do little things, but uh yeah, I, I didn't think they were really like any threat. Mm. Actually, one of those dudes, there's a, a one oh eight show at CC's. I think one of them was like a Krishna dude at one time, and he was they, I went away, he was on stage and they, I think they maybe just started the shit, like the set and they were getting, they got in an argument and uh, it just turned into a big brawl, uh, pool, like pool cues and they got fucking, you know, fists and kicks. Really? And yeah, it was, it was 108. Uh, it, yeah, I know, right? It, I thought they were dresses, those dudes. <laughs> the Doty. Oh, no, the Doty. They yeah. Doty though and they wear dresses. <laughs> they, well, um, I think that's what it was about. Like, I think one of the dudes like sold out of being like a, like a devotee or a Krishna dude. And the other one got like pissed and they're going back and forth. And they, you know, one thing led to another. If you watch the, um, there's like a 108 documentary that came out in the late nineties. The first scene in that whole VHS is that is the CC show. 
Mm, really? And, act- and actually, that shelter show you're talking about, Man is Green, there's a scene in their, their shelter documentary, a little like tour video, that's actually in Wilkesbury as well from that, from that Man is Green show. No uh, way. I had no idea. Yeah, there's so many little things, man. Yo, I'm looking right now at 717. They released a 7-inch in 95, a compilation that had Option, mm-hmm. Deckard. Oh, yeah, Deckard. Outcome. Oh, fucking Outcome. And Brothers yeah. Keeper. Yeah, well, Brothers Keepers, Lake Erie. But uh, I, I think Outcome was kind of like, I th- where were they from? They were, they were from. I don't know, but it says, it says Justin, John, and Jamie were an Outcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, I forgot about that band. Yeah, seven one seven record. I guess it's a seven inch. I don't see anything. I just quick Googled it. Yeah, it was a seven inch, and that, actually, that's. I feel like that was the biggest song that Option had because of that seven inch. Because that you know. Well, let me check what Option song was on there. Let me look. It's perfect. It's called Perfect. It was. Yeah. You're right. Perfect engineer John Myers, <coughs> producer Option. <laughs> Yeah. Perfect. Wow, you got a good memory. How do you know that? Because I, I told you that was like the biggest song like they had. And they had they actually they had a green shirt and that it was for that for that song it said perfect on it. And uh I think one of the one of the lyrics was like you look down at me from your pedestal and like the back of the shirt, maybe it was the front, but it had like a pedestal and like kind of like a monster or some shit, like looking down from a pedestal. Oh, and it said shit. perfect. And I think it's seven seven one seven. Nice, hard, hard. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. 1990s hardcore, Northeastern PA. They had it all. Major venues, national acts coming through, kids doing it themselves, making it happen. Crews running around, beating people with soup cans. Bands playing music in the middle of the woods and people just showing up, doing their thing. Zines and videos and straight edge shirts. It was a time to be alive, baby. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, uh, there's the fucking. There's also another radio show called The Wheatfield, which was these three kids from New York. They were going to University of Scranton. They had it. Uh, that was probably four years long. And uh, oh, you played like was, hardcore shit. Yeah, Wednesday nights it's called the Wednesday Night Wheatfield. I think it was on at nine o'clock. And uh, that thing that was huge. Everyone would tune in for that. Really, I don't. I don't. I never heard of that one. Yeah, I would never have gotten that's far. Like I said, we're we were far from. You know, not that far, but far from like hanging out on a daily basis. You know, we'd be up there for shows, but we wouldn't just be pussyfooting around. We were just too far. But Dude, uh, we haven't even hit on like down by down by Strasburg. What, like what was going on down there, man? Well, you like, didn't bring it up. You know, I'm talking to you. I could go on about Strasburg. Well, you're supposed to do it. And you don't you don't want to give no props. Uh, what well, can so, I do? Yo, I'll get to Strasburg. So, yo, back in the early 90s, there was this pancake house that had a basement. And Dan Ingleson also did shows there. And Life of Agony played one night. And you can Google this. All right, Google it. YouTube this video. And uh, Keith was like, we're going to, I think it's like something like, we're going to bring down the roof, bring down the roof tonight or some, some shit. And the place just got torn apart within like, you know, seconds. Everyone just started pulling down the that uh, drop ceiling. I always thing. heard about that show. Yeah, I don't know if was, I was there. I, I, I don't think I was, but. There's a chance, but I, I always people always bring up that show, Life Agony at the Pancake House. What town? What town was that in? Lake Ariel, Pennsylvania. That was Lake Ariel. Mm-hmm. Wow. For people that don't know, there's like nothing in Lake Ariel. That's crazy. Yo, yo there's like one blinking light. Yeah. And it, there's nothing. It's like it's the same with the places I was booking shows at. You know, it's like the directions. There was no internet. You know, and I would be like, I'd write the directions like, you know, make a make a right at the blinking light because it was mm-hmm. like. You couldn't miss it. There's only blinking light, you know. Yeah. Um, but then, if, so that's that's like the like the northern part of Northeast PA, and then you start going south through through like the Poconos, and there was sometimes there was like these hotels, like these kids would book shows at some conference rooms and hotels. There was some fire wow. hall shows. So cool. Uh, and there's the PCP that had some hardcore dudes living in there. Uh, PCP was crazy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um. But uh, then you get to like Strasburg area, you know, yeah. East Strasburg. And then it's, you have like Bismos and Spank- Spanky's, I feel like, was the big one down there. Holy mackerel. Where was Bismos again? I remember that name. Bismos was, uh, that was East Strasburg. It, it was like an old car dealership. And they had wow. a stage in the corner. Um, 
but they had some good shows come through there. That was like po- that was like post Spankies. That was like or er, oh shit. No, that was like ninety. That was like late nineties. I want to say like ninety eight. Uh, yeah, there's like so Spankies was a big one. So like you know, there would be a, a huge show at Spankies the same night an hour away. There'd be another huge show at CC's. That's how big the scene was. Yeah, and they would and, they would they would hurt each other a little bit, but not like devastate. Yeah. Because there's so yeah. many kids. They, yeah, like, there was plenty really... of kids to go around. Yeah. Um, you had the Underworld. Where the hell was the Underworld again? That was off. What's that? Oh, shit, what is that highway that comes off of uh, 80? You go south towards like Bethlehem. Um, 33? Yeah, maybe it's 33 going towards like. Oh, yeah, Bethlehem. you're right. That is. That's 33. Underworld. Walt used to do stuff yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Was Walt that in the was... 90s? No, that was that was like two early two thousands. All right, yeah, yeah. Underworld. That's right. Yeah, you're kind of almost leaving now, Northeast PA, because you're headed towards like the Lehigh Valley. Yeah, and that kind of had yeah. their own scene going on. Yeah, so that exactly. So so once I feel like Underworld was like in that area was the was the most south you would go, and then Lehigh Valley had its own whole scene. Uh, Definitely, yeah. Like hardcore pop punk, like a lot of skinheads. a lot of real metalish hardcore. Like in in uh, definitely pop punk too. Like you know the bands that people would even we could. What was uh West Weston right? They were from there. Oh yeah, yeah. They're from Bethlehem, I think. Yeah, Houston? I don't know. It's all the same to me. But uh, I mean the bands like from Northeast PA now that that are are well known and do well. You know that were influenced off the uh, off the teat of the nineties hmm. Nepocene or would be like you mentioned Title Fight or or the Menzingers are doing great. Yeah, you got uh, one step closer. Where the Menzingers from? Are they from Northeast PA? Or they're from more south, aren't they? No, they're from Scranton, I think. Okay, last I knew. Yeah, one step closer from up there. A lot of good stuff, man. This is it's it's a fucking beautiful thing. People got to know, man. But Stroudsburg, yeah, Stroudsburg had its own little separate thing, but definitely in the mix. It was just kind of a little far out, but people used to show love and come down. Yeah, absolutely, man. Ah, if, if it wasn't for, it, oh, if it wasn't for this shit, man, I don't know where I'd be. Like, if it wasn't for hardcore and like the Northeast PA scene. Well, here you are. You're a grown man now. You live in an undisclosed location that I won't give out because you have enemies all over the world for your dirty mm-hmm. deeds. But you came up grinding, making a name for yourself, making your bones, cutting your teeth in Northeast PA. With all these bands, all these shows, these wild nights, escaping last minute, laughing all night at a diner or a Perkins till yeah. three, four, five in the morning. Yeah. And then here you are. What would you say would be your fondest memory of, of that 90s hardcore scene? That's probably an impossible question to answer, but we'll take whatever comes to mind. Uh, I I think there's two things, and they kind of also are the same thing at the same time. But the people and the energy. Uh, back then, it was I feel like it was still raw energy. You weren't going to like these like slick clubs or venues, you know. Like you were fucking. You would drive to a show. You get it. You get in a car with all your friends that you met at, going to shows. People that you had, you know, you got along with, you had things in common with, unlike a lot of kids you went to school with or, you know, family members or some shit. You, this would be your escape. You get in that car Friday night, you go to a show. You don't know what the hell you're about to get into. You know, you just know you're going to be, you're in the car with friends. You're going to see more friends and you're just going to fucking, you know, stage dive and, and just hang out with like-minded people. You know, I, I wasn't uh, made fun of because I don't drink or do drugs or you know, and I can headbang with people with the same interest. Uh, those are the things, man. That energy, that rawness, or, or that kind of almost like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, but, didn't, you know it, didn't it almost right. feel like you were a, a member of a secret society that nobody really had any knowledge of except you in this, this small circle? Oh, hell yeah. Especially back then, because the only way you knew about the show 
or the, the shows was the flyers that you found in your pocket the next day that you had collected when you're leaving the venue or, you know, while you're, you're someone is handing out, you don't, you, there was no internet. There's no Instagram with like this fucking like digital flyer. And, you know, I'm interested or I'm going to the show. Like it was only like, it was word, you know, mm-hmm. word of mouth. It was, you know, flyers to be um, one. You ask one. Yeah, man. That's how yeah. it was. And check this out. I just saw you last weekend. Mm-hmm. I know you now for decades. Mm-hmm. And what did I see you doing just last weekend? Stage diving to this day, still this kid. Mm-hmm. What an animal! What a great animal! <laughs> so I'll give you props, man. Anything else you want to go over? We're just giving people a little bit, little tidbits of of importance, and maybe later on, something comes of it, and somebody has to do some research, and they come and they said, "Let me check out that Nick Joker." interview on the scene report post-america podcast and get some information on northeastern pennsylvania and here they come here we're putting it down baby so anything in your head off the top you forgot you want to mention uh there's two things one did you know i know you love this band typo negative played some random little bar in newfoundland pennsylvania in the early 90s i didn't know that but i did know that he died outside of scranton pennsylvania I didn't know that. There you go. Boom. Um, I will say this. I know there's going to be bands or people or venues or something I miss. And I'm sorry. I can't remember all the shit. Um, Yeah. It it goes deep. There's the history in Northeast PA. I mean, yeah, we're not, we're not trying to exclude anyone. It just, if it, if we didn't, something didn't get mentioned, it's our mistake. And uh, either we didn't know, or we forgot. And I'm trying to do that because, you know, I, I talked about, with Seth and the last one about North New Jersey. And I know a little bit about that. And I'll talk about Northeast PA, know a little bit about that. But when I'm talking about in the future, places I have no knowledge of, it's really up to whoever I'm talking about. I can't even chime in to remind something if, you know, so it's kind of, you know, we are very sorry if we didn't mention certain things, definitely not intentional. No, not at all. It's like, it's so I'm looking at some notes. I try to be prepared for this because I want to represent at, everyone and everything and make sure I'm given the full history of it. And it's like, I mean, I have dates that are going back to early eighties of hardcore in, in Northeast PA. Yeah. And like, just for the fun of it, like what, what little tidbits you got for us? I mean, like I said, inner strength in 1986. Uh, Where was inner strength from? They're from, uh, I guess, I guess, I guess to be considered like, Maybe Wong Pawpack or Scranton area. I, I don't know exactly. Wow. I just know from because uh, I hit up some older dudes to make sure I, I kind of you know got a little more history pre pre when I was like starting to get into it. Um, well, you know, we got to mention since uh, I am in a band with these guys, we got to mention Feeble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, what, which was a band with uh, with Joe and our bass player Evan, Joe from Wisdom, and they were more of uh, almost uh, melodic hardcore. Um, got to mention them. We got to mention, um, who else? Overdrives. Overdrives. Evans, uh, another band, Evan, uh, a punk band. I think they would kind of be considered outside of this area, the other members, but yeah, the overdrives and uh, Chris's band was, uh, medicamentous turned into face up to it. Yeah. I had that on my list and I, I was going to mention them. Yeah. Chris, our guitar player, he was in that band, uh, <coughs> and i was just in our immediate circle you know uh we did a split crutch did old split seven inch with surrounded yep which uh surrounded surrounded was a, a stroudsburg band very rare like stroudsburg just didn't have stroudsburg would be the kids were listening to hip-hop that's all all it was really and uh so it was cool and we'd come across some other hardcore dudes but there were very few surrounded damn it who else we got well, what was that band? Was there a band called uh that what was that band that Tony was in? Was uh yeah, that, that's definitely the two thousands though, I think. That's, that's yeah, okay. Like he was in wisdom and uh he's he was younger. I don't think he was uh, yeah, doing stuff. I'm not I forget that name anyway, to be honest. Yeah, uh um, I guess wisdom's yeah, wisdom started in the two thousands. So it's kind of like a later act, but some of the guys in wisdom, you know, they were rocking with us in their bands at the time. So like every other scene, it's a circle of people, you know, one band, there might be five guys that have four other bands going. This guy has two bands, this guy, you know, 
Yeah. There's not, not many guys that go around. And how about you? How come you were never in any bands? Or am I wrong? Uh, no, you're basically right. I I was in some bands. I started little things in New York when I lived there, but I, it's nothing. I, I, nothing, you know, really came of it. Krishna bands? Uh, no. The straight edge bands. Dude, you should have did a Krishna joint, son. Yeah, I, I think about it once in a while. I'd still love to do something, but I don't have the looks anymore. You know what? I'll do a Krishna joint. Would I you never pay me up? Like, yama, 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 yama. Oh, come on stupid. the stage. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> oh, you guys don't do that? I thought you did that. No, it's a little, mm, a little off. But <laughs> <laughs> For those that don't know, Nick is diehard Krishna straight edge. How long have you been a Harry Krishna? Uh, well, that's a, good, that's a good question. We all are. We all have a piece of Krishna in us. So, uh, you know, my whole life. No, oh, okay. um, you know, I, I started, I started like, you know, chanting and stuff when I was in like 16, 15, but it, it goes, it comes and goes, you know, I'll always be vegan straight edge, but you know. So being straight edge is more important than being Krishna. Is this podcast over yet? True or nah. false? <laughs> no. Yeah, of course, man. I, actually, I, I Listen, I asked the question about vegan and straight edge to a lot of guys. I asked uh, Toby. I asked Siv. Um, I asked Carl from Earth Crisis. Mm -hmm. They had to choose one. What would they choose? What would Nick Joker choose? He has to get rid of one. No more straight edge or no more vegan. Which one? Be no more straight edge. Wow. What a sellout piece of shit. What a I'm disappointment. Because I'm doing it for the animals, for the vegan, you know? Yeah, I do straight edge for God, my community, <laughs> my universe, all right? Fuck a rat. Fuck a mouse. Fuck a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Fuck a turtle. I wonder if anybody's ever said that before. Is that the first time that was ever said? Fuck a turtle. Uh, yeah, I, that might be the first. I, don't even, I, can't even, uh, I can't even picture that. Yeah, nice, nice. All right, homie, listen. You good? Anything else you want to throw in there? Because you're going to catch grief. People can call you up. Yo, why didn't you tell them about the seven inch that was put out in 1994 with, you know, it's going to come. So if there's anything else you want to say, get it out. Um, no, basically what I said before, um, I can thank uh, Strength or Reason for, I think they're going to be going on 25 years. Dope. This com coming soon. So they are one of the bands that have kept, if not the band, that have kept the Northeast PA scene, you know, going and true and, and not just with the band themselves, but like putting on shows and going to shows and going out there and still supporting shows. Big Carl. Um, yeah. Uh, all the, all the younger kids that are putting on shows in Wilkes-Barre, Scranton area. Uh, there's still a huge scene. Kids just, they just had a big fest the other, you know, a couple months ago, there's still good things going on. And, uh, thank yeah, you. I see Tara's coming up there. Tara got a show coming up there soon. He, yeah, man. Yeah, these, these kids are still doing it. It's, it's you know, if you want it, you got to make it happen. DIY. Amen, brother. All right, with that, I'm going to let you go. Good talk to you, young Nick Joker. I'll see you on the other side, my brother. Thanks, Richie. I'll talk later. Respect. Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate it. Post America Podcast will always be there for you. Don't forget that. Tune in next time for more fun with the boys. Until then, get your fucking ass out of here before I give you a smack, motherfucker. Who the fuck is this you in? This is post-America. You ain't shit, motherfucker.